Let's go to our first guest of the morning who's been waiting patiently. He's going to recap what happened at the World Cup Rugby League. And he's also been one of our favourite guests, not just this year. Huh. What, what do you reckon, Butes? How long's uh, it been? The last 15 years. 15 years. It's been ridiculous. Let's welcome the benchmark, Tony Clark. Good morning, mate. Ah, good morning, boys. Thank you for the introduction. TC, uh, welcome back to the show. And massive week in rugby league. Of course, the Kangaroos getting the job done. And the Gillaroos, I mean, I said to Butes, there needs to be an inquiry into New Zealand rugby league because in the round game, I think it was a two-point ball game, and in the grand final, the Gillaroos just blow New Zealand off the park 54-4. to None of us saw that coming. What were your thoughts? Nah, exactly, Steve. If, uh, if they were racehorses, they'd certainly be in the, in the swabbing stall. But uh, I think it's just testament to the fact of, um, you know, the girls were probably a little bit off in, in, the, in the pool games and then, uh, and, you know, really uh, aimed up in the, uh, um, of course, in the, in the final with, um, you know, a brilliant display by uh, you know, local girl, Isabel Kelly. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, the men, the men were the same, weren't they? Just, I, I thought it was a very exciting tournament all round. But... Uh, uh, I, uh, I thoroughly enjoyed all the games, and it was great again to see such a local content in the final with, uh, you know, the, uh, Matt Parrish coaching Samoa, which um, he was under a heap of pressure there for a long time. You know, the, the John's uh, Boys fan club was uh, was um, certainly trying to get his job, but uh, well done to Matt, and uh, you know, it's uh, a testament to all his hard work that uh, that they they made the final, which I think is great for rugby league. Yeah, we had uh, Brad Donald come on last week, the Gillaroos coach, which uh, you're really privileged to have him on the eve of the match. And he, he did say that he felt like New Zealand had used most of their squad in nearly every game, whereas some of his girls had only played three out of the five pool matches. And that's got to play a role in the final. Oh, definitely, definitely, Steve. You know, that, uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a very interesting interview. And what a, what a coup for you to get Brad you know, as you said, on the eve of the game. But, uh, uh, yeah, they um, were... Um, excuse me, boys, I'm just chasing my granddaughter around too, so if I'm a little bit off, that's... <laughs> that's but, uh, yeah. Um, but, no, uh, certainly um, the, 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 the game time was, uh, was crucial in, in the end. Talk about... Uh, I want to touch on the, the men's uh, tournament, and you talked about Matt Parrish and the pressure he was under. He was under a great deal of pressure on the, after the first game when they got absolutely hammered by England 60-6. to They managed to turn that around. And uh, when you look at some of the finals there, um, you know, they took on England in the, the semi-final, beat them 27-26. to uh, In the other game, the pool game, it was 20-18 to against Tonga. Uh, what a performance from the Samoans. And uh, it certainly put them on the map, Clarky. And uh, I think it probably... You know, as we build to, you know, the next World Cup, I think this Samoa-Tonga rivalry could be something that is as big for the game as the New South Wales-Queensland origin. Oh, definitely, Michael. I mean, you know, we, we are heading to, to, to a, a, you know, with the Pacifica, um, you know, so, so many people are, are loving the game and playing the game and, and, and interested in the game. And I think I read with interest during the week where Matt said he's working really hard to... Um, create a Samoa Tonga annual test match, you know, which I, I, I think is is uh, a great idea. And I think that, you know, I mean, it, it's a very full calendar at the moment, but we've certainly got to look at, at the International Rugby League because it, the interest that it created over there, I think they had, what, upwards of 68,000 at the final at the home of Manchester United. What an experience that had been. Yeah. You know, going to Old yeah. Trafford. It's, uh, you'd like it to be, uh, you know, it's a, a once-in-a-lifetime experience. So, yeah, but uh, I, I think that... Um, uh, 
that, that, that we really have to embrace where we're heading with, with the Pacific Islands and, and, and encourage it as much as we can. I think, you know, I, I look at a couple of things here. Like our game is pretty unique, rugby league, when you consider uh, most of the focus is on the NRL, the week-to-week competition, right? Um, you look at rugby union, you look at soccer, a lot of that focus is around the international stuff, whereas rugby league, it's all based around uh, the NRL competition. On the back of this World Cup, I, I just hope that there are smart people uh, in the head office there with the International Rugby League Board who are looking at what impact, because it always seems to happen after every uh, every World Cup. We get this high and this buzz about International Rugby League, and then it just quickly becomes deflated, and we forget about it until the next World Cup comes around. And I'd hate to see this happen based on the momentum that was created from what Samoa did, based on the momentum that uh, Tonga had. We've now got five teams within this um, International Rugby League that are at that T1 level. Now, they're still keeping Samoa and Tonga in that T2, but when you add New Zealand and you add England and, of course, Australia, there's five teams there that are very, very competitive. And don't get me wrong, Fiji is not far behind either, and we need to encourage that and embrace that and ensure that the likes of the Tonga and Samoa, you know what, put it on the calendar, put it as a regular fixture each and every year. And I know you touched on it, Clarky, that, you know, there is a congested... um, uh, schedule, uh, and now we've gone with 27 rounds for next year. But it's one of those things that I think it's so important that we continue to go down this path uh, of embracing this international rugby league because there's so many good players in the game, and, and I just want to see it happen that these guys get that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. I, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree more, Michael. That's, it's something, and, it, and it's so true what you said that that we're on a high. We're thinking, you know, we're great. We, we have to maintain the standard we've set now and, and, and make sure that, um, you know, that the, the interest remains now over, not, you know, not just 12 months, but over the next 12 years. You know, that's, uh, that's something that we have to do with the game. Mate, the game itself, Australia versus Samoa, like 30 to 10 uh, turned out. Australia were leading 20-0 at one stage and Samoa come back. Um, I, I thought there was a couple of, you know, standout performances for me. Obviously, James Tedesco leading from the front, man of the match. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I thought, was outstanding and Mal Meninga, certainly put his hand up and uh, was critical of some of the feedback he was getting from the media. Yeah, well, uh, I'll just chime in there, Butes, because Nathan Cleary much maligned through the tournament. Every time he jumped onto Twitter, people are having a crack at him. But, you know, come the big game, the Aussies stand up. Latrell Mitchell outstanding on the left edge. What about the ball that Nathan Cleary gave on the left side? I'm trying... 100%. To Latrell Mitchell or to Cameron Murray? One of the two. Cameron Murray. It was unbelievable. Both passes were phenomenal. Yeah. Right? And it was so precise that, you know, that's an intercept waiting to happen. But he knew how fast he had to pass that ball and get it to them. We've developed this this mentality in Australia at the moment where every time you jump onto social media, like... uh, Well, I I look at it. What did Nathan Cleary do wrong throughout the tournament? I thought he was actually... I think he went himself instead of going to a a two-man overlap at one stage. But uh, Heaven forbid. Have a look at who is, like, you know, posting these kind of comments. Uh, Have they ever been in the heat of the battle, Buttes? I mean, you've played at the highest level. This is the thing, mate, and I remember reading this on a a billboard or something that said, when criticised, consider the source. And it's 100% true. But if you're a nufty, you've got no idea, and I'm not going to put any value in it uh, at all. TC, when you played, and you know, you're know you almost at the highest level yourself, Like, is it any wonder the players these days stay away from social media? Because, I mean, it's just a, it's a cesspit, isn't it? 
Oh, it is, Stephen. And I know that uh, as a sport that we, we're educating our, our young people, you know, um, the, the best we can with the perils of it. I mean, there are probably a few advantages of it. I'm not on it myself. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I certainly don't get it. And as you said, it's the people that um, wouldn't have laced the boot on that can, can have these opinions. So, uh, yeah, no, I think the best advice you can get is turn it off. And there's around about 200 metres left to swim. Behind this young man is a pack of three, including a young lady in that group. Then we go back, I'd say maybe 75 metres to our second group. So this is in the one-kilometre race. So we should have a winner very soon in this. And then later on this morning at 10.30, they take off in the two-kilometre event. And let's not forget, boys, that this is off the back of the pandemic. So to Wim Bay Surf Life Saving Club, this is one of their big events. And for the last few years, they haven't been able to run it in its usual capacity. So I'm just thrilled for this Surf Life Saving Club. Uh, if you haven't been here before, this is heaven on earth. And we absolutely love it. Sharon and I come here with the kids. Uh, you know, every week, a couple uh, of times a week. Yeah, and, and actually it was my backyard, mate, for many years. I spent all my youth here, um, spent a lot of my uh, uh, formal years here, and actually in this very room here I met my beautiful wife, Dawn, uh, at the 25th anniversary of the uh, of the surf club, and uh, later on I'll come and show you a couple of... Uh, and TC, what are your highlights in rugby league in 2022 and maybe outside of rugby league as well? Uh, yeah, rugby league, Steve, I mean, I... I think NRL included, the highlight for me was seeing the mighty Tookley Horts uh, win their maiden first grade premiership locally, um, you know, 57 years, uh, led by Jake Fitzpatrick, the, the scenes after the game and the, the scenes during the week with the community behind it to me was, was a, a, an enormous uh, shot in the arm for, for local footy. And, uh, and, I, and I congratulate the Hawks. Uh, and I, I can't go past Penrith in the NRL. I, I just, you know, the, the standard they're setting, I, I, think, um, I think we'll see the first three peaks since Parramatta during the, the 80s. You know, I just can't see anyone getting near them. You know, they're, uh, they're a wonderful organisation, you know, to win, you know, the under-19s, the reserve grade, the jersey flag, you know, they're, they're, they're just an incredible club. And uh, I think it's, you know, setting a standard that uh, everyone else is, is striving to, to get to. I find it interesting, Clarkie, when you say that about the, the three-peat because, yeah, I can't see a side getting near them at this point in time. It's not as if, you know, they lost Kikau and Coruscant, which I think will be big losses for them, but I think they've got enough uh, cattle in their uh, their back paddock to be able to uh, cover for those guys. And, um, you know, when you look at the skill that they have and how uh, deep they go in terms of their depth, their playing depth, it's actually quite phenomenal that they, uh, and you touched on it, the fact that they won the jersey flag, the, the reserve grade competition, and the first grade. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a big, big future for the Panthers, and uh, it appears that the club has got this culture about them that they are just all leading and, and pulling in the same direction, and they're all, all thriving, and, and I guess, yeah, thriving off that success that is built amongst that culture that they've got there. It's uh, quite phenomenal. Another highlight for me, Clark, yeah. the Origin Series where Queensland managed to get the job done up in Queensland without Cameron Munster, a mighty performance. Oh, yeah, de definitely. There, there, there were numerous highlights, actually, Michael. And, um, uh, yeah, that, that, that was definitely, um, you know, uh, up there with the best of them. So, yeah, but uh, over the sport, I mean, it's, you know, the highlight for me is going every... 
Sunday or Saturday afternoon to watch the Mariners play too. I mean, you know, our, our own, you know, only national identity on the Central Coast. They've done some terrific things this year. So, yeah, there's a and, and of course, uh, like Sharon's highlight there with with Ash Barty too. You know, you, you don't get much better than that. So no, it's been a, it's been a tremendous year, and I know that um, 2023 will um, will certainly um, be, be adding to that, uh, you know, roll call. And of course, the local boy Nico Hines picking up the Dallium Award. What an outstanding season he had for the Sharks. Yeah, what a, what a great story. I know we've spoken about it before, but just a, a wonderful uh, a wonderful human being. And I, I note with interest that he was, um, I think, a finalist in the in the Man of the Year, the HQ Magazine Man of the Year during the week. So there's been a couple of pretty good to Nico too. I almost picked him off, Clarky. Almost picked him off. <laughs> hey, uh, I can give you an update on the 1K swim. I'll do that in just a moment. But, uh, boys, let's rise as one for the uh, sterling effort of Tony Clark in 2022. Two words, mate. Two words. Outstanding. (laughs) We don't call him the benchmark for nothing. And, TC, just before you go, scholarship's about to open for the Danica Clark Foundation for 2023. Yeah, they certainly are. So they December the twentieth, they'll, they'll open. So uh, certainly get onto our website and uh, and get your applications in there. And we look forward to uh, announcing the, the class of twenty three. Uh, you know, uh, in, in April of um, uh, of twenty three. So yeah, yeah, get your all your aspiring athletes get in get in there, and we'll uh, we'll do what we can for you. Great stuff, TC. Thanks for your time, and lots of love to you and Kerry and all the family. Yeah, same to you, mate, and uh, everything will be okay. See you uh, soon.